ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with another episode here in The Truth. Back with my boy, AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good. I mean, we're about to go over the team that it could have been one of the best teams in the league at some point. At one point, it had three, right now has three of the top five, ten NBA players at one point uh, in a previous season i mean load management has been a big thing with this team so i guess we'll see yeah so for those that don't know and i hope you would know because you did click on the title we are talking about the la clippers and as you mentioned this is a very interesting team for multiple reasons one i think a lot of us remember the paul george trade there to the clippers and that was kind of like whoa okay this team is really trying to compete for something and then they brought in russell westbrook as well so this clippers team has a nice foundation but is yet to get back to the promise line and winning a championship. So we're going to see if this Clipper team, Clippers team is going to be able to do it. They've obviously dealt with injuries, as you mentioned, workload, being able to stay healthy, and really haven't been able to see this young, not necessarily young cohesive group, but guys like George, Westbrook, and Leonard all paid, play together fully healthy. It's going to be the uh, difference between whether or not they have success this season or if they're a dud once again. But for those that are new to On the Court, welcome. I hope you guys enjoy this series. It is basically your individualized team preview as we get you guys prepared for the upcoming NBA season. We do this right before the NBA season, which for me kind of reminds me i got to figure out my fantasy draft stuff for basketball because, you know, I'm in football season or baseball season, finishing up that as well. So it is crazy to think that the NBA season is right around the corner, but it really is. Um, but anyways, guys, we'll go over our three key players, our bust, breakout player, sleeper player, team MVP, key draft picks and offseason moves, two keys to success, and our standings prediction for the upcoming year. So why don't you go ahead and give us your three key players, AJ? So I'm going to go with those three guys I was talking about before, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, start with Russell Westbrook. Had a really good year last year. Obviously, he's not going to put up the triple-double every season, but uh, he had a solid season i'll give it to him 15.6 or 15.9 points per game 5.8 rebounds 7.5 assists 34 years old now i mean solid season i mean it wasn't the best season of his career wasn't his mvp year uh but it wasn't his worst year i mean we weren't seeing shots go off the side of the sideboard like how uh we're used to seeing i mean where he had a decent jump shot going into the year uh throughout the season. <laughs> he wasn't breaking everything he wasn't building houses for everyone, so I mean, you'll you'll take that, I guess. I mean, as a whole. Then uh, next up, I'm gonna go with Paul George. I mean, Paul George, interesting situation, just as a whole. Part of that load management has a really good podcast now. Uh, see if maybe that helps to get him on this one. Maybe that'd be something that probably would never <laughs> that'd happen. That'd be crazy. But... I think I would retire if if I got a guy like Paul George on my podcast. Yeah, no, that I I think I would also. I think that would be the last episode. I'd have to retire <laughs> from that one. Uh, but last year played 56 games. Uh, in that time, averaged 23.8 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, 5.1 assists, shot 45.7% from the field goal, 30, 37.1% from three, 87.1 uh, from the free throw line. I mean, as a whole, oh, good year. I mean, but only get again, only played 56 games, so that's going to be a big thing. And then that's also on the same lines as Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, when he played, was solid. Played 52 games, 23.8 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, 3.9 assists, shot 51.2% from field goal, 41.6 from three, 87.1 from the free throw. 
good numbers, but only played 52 games. So that's just the big thing. Load management. I know that Adam Silver came out and they made the new rule about load management, how it'll affect uh, like drafting and like other stuff. I'm not exactly sure what the exact rules were, but hopefully this helps uh, the Clippers be able to play their guys like Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, you know, you talk about the load management. I'm actually glad the NBA kind of enforced it. I've only really dove barely into it for the waking up with the truth segments. But for me, I, I do get annoyed watching NBA stars sit out all the time and, you know, they have a game and then they, they set out for a game. Or I understand it back to back to an extent, but I mean, I also feel like you take too, too many risks sometimes with stuff like that. Obviously you don't want to have injuries. Injuries happen though. And so for me, preventing injuries almost hurts you more because they're going to get injured regardless. And now you're just giving them out of opportunities to compete. I mean, obviously that's the sheer nature of it. You're going to get injured is how you manage those injuries and build your rosters around that. So it is an interesting point you make. And yeah, we've really been kind of waiting to see all these three guys have success and play with each other this season. So I'm really curious to see how that's going to work. But for me, obviously my three key players, I'll start off with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is my favorite player in the NBA. It was drafted by Indiana and then got traded to uh, San Antonio. So never played with Indiana. Probably a big mistake there for the uh, the Pacers. But the last four seasons that he's played has been very efficient, you know, averaging more than 23 points per game. Obviously, he's the claw. 1.4 steals last season, 0.5 blocks. He really does it all there on the defensive side. And in my opinion, he's the best defender, at least top three defenders in all of the NBA. He's won two Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's done it all and that's something that's huge 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 defense 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 and I think that was the reason why they were able to win you know championship there in Toronto was because of Kawhi Leonard's defense and his ability to share the floor very efficiently he obviously has dealt with some injuries we've talked about that has not really been in the full swing of things and he recently I believe it was last season got back from that ACL injury and and he didn't look the same to start but then he kind of materialized into Kawhi Leonard that we know but how how is a healthy Kawhi Leonard pair alongside a Russell Westbrook and a Paul George going to be compared to where he was with Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, and those guys as well. Really curious to see how that's going to turn out. But I think it's going to turn out good for them. I mean, they obviously made an investment by going out and getting Kawhi. He's played with L.A., I believe, since 2019 after that championship season in Toronto. And he's played no more than 57 games. So can he play as close to an 82 as possible? That's going to be the difference if the Clippers have success, in my opinion, or if they not, if they don't. Second, I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Look, Russell Westbrook is one of the weirdest NBA players you'll ever meet, both on the court and off the court, right? Russell Westbrook won an MVP, averaging a triple-double per season. But when he when he switched over after basically that MVP season, when he played, really when he played for OKC, I think the switch really came when he came to L.A. and he was just like, quote-unquote, terrible in his own extent. But for me, I didn't even think he was that bad. Yeah, his shooting was terrible. I mean, that was pretty bad. But, I mean, he's one of those guys that's just ferocious, extremely athletic. We've seen that. Able to jump up extremely high. Plays hard. Is a good facilitator. Yeah, his jumper needs some work. We all know that. He's never going to live up to the OKC days that he did. But I think he's still an extremely good p- player. And I, Now, granted, I, do, I know that L.A. was paying him, like, what, $50 million a year. So there's obviously some frustrations there. But I still think he's a really good player. And I'm, I'm hoping he gets back to the MVP South because – you know, if you're able to share the ball that he's been able to do, I mean, that is just huge for overall team success. So I'm excited to see what Russell Westbrook's going to be able to do this season. Yeah, he's not the best at shooters, but that's why you got guys like Paul George. Even Kawhi Leonard can be a good shooter as well. And then speaking of Paul George, he's going to be my final key player. One of those guys, we obviously remember his devastating injury there with Team USA. 
I feel like, honestly, since that Team USA injury, he hasn't necessarily been completely himself. I think he's been good, but I think that injury really kind of slowed him down. But last season for them, played in 56 games, 23.8 points per game, which was good. But, yeah, he hasn't played really in a full 82 or close to a full 82. And it seems like forever. Um, the last time he got close to it was when OKC 77, the year before that, 79. But hasn't played more than 54, 56 games in L.A., and that was last season. And that kind of ties in with Kawhi Leonard. Um, just the fact that those two haven't been able to play for as many games as possible. And, you know, when paired alongside these two playing on the court, these are two of the best players that you're going to ever see. So I'm really excited to see hopefully them stay healthy this season and have all these three guys working in different areas. Because I think Russell Westbrook and, honestly, I think all three are really good defenders. I think Paul George's defense is completely underrated. At times he had two steals a, a year, 2.2, 2.2 even with the Clippers, 1.5 last season. You know, and average is half a block a game. So this is a really good defensive-minded first team. The biggest question mark that we know, obviously, with all three is can they stay healthy and are they built enough for a championship? But with the core three that they do have there, they're all old veteran all-stars. I think there's definitely a potential for that. I really do. What about your bust? So, for my bust, I have Marcus uh, Morris Sr. I don't know what's... I don't like Marcus Morris Sr. That I could just be a hater, but I'm just going to go with him as I hear. I, I hate... Uh, as my hater pick for my bust. Uh, I haven't liked him throughout his career. He's had an R8 career last year, 11.2 points, four rebounds, 1.8 assists, 42%, uh, 42% from field goal, 36 from three, uh, just right along his career averages. I mean, nothing very special, uh, but I think uh, him playing that power forward, small forward spot, he's going to lose some time there, especially if Kawhi PG are playing at the same time. I mean, PG, Kawhi, uh, I don't think they're going to be shooting guard small forward. Maybe they run a little bit of that. Marcus Morris, if they need a bigger body down low. Uh, but I see it more of a power forward, small forward type thing uh, with them running out Westbrook at the point guard, more of a shooter, like a Luke Kennard uh, type player at the two. Uh, I just don't see them doing a whole lot with Marcus Morris in comparison. Now, Marcus Morris is that great player that you just kind of come off the bench to get the other team mad, uh, be able to just like <laughs> throw a body into them, try to injure their best player. Just kind of seems like how he is. He's also a really good player to just have on your team whenever you play uh, the Mavericks because it seems like he always pisses off Luka. So that's also a help. That could be a help with the uh, in-season games, but also if they meet him in the postseason at all. But I've never been a fan of Marcus Morris. Uh, I don't see I see a lot of his minutes going down, especially if uh, PG and Kawhi both play a lot more. I think those other guys who I'd rather give minutes to minutes to as well will go above him. Mine's gonna be Mason Plumley. I don't really like Mason Plumley. I've never liked him. I, maybe it's the same point as far as you know you hating Marcus Morris, but I don't hate Mason Plumley. I think he's just been like a journeyman, a guy that obviously isn't a, a well-known star, but has played good. Overall, throughout his career, played with Brooklyn for two years, the Trailblazers for two, the Nuggets for four, Pistons for one, Charlotte for two, and now the Clippers last season. A role average guy? Is that something that's spectacular to me? No. I think he's an all right backup, but for you know the, the center position, or even the center position as a whole, I like guys like Marcus Morris more, even Robert Covington um, in the power forward position compared to a guy like Mason Plumlee. And let's not forget, Mason Plumlee is also – 33 years old, and age does concern me a lot, especially interior-wise. Obviously, Mason Plumlee isn't going to be shooting beyond the arc. I think more than anything, he'll be a good rebounder, a good 
defensive player interior wise. And um, yeah, I think the biggest thing with him is, is he able to be able to stretch the floor and have success there? Or is he going to be one of those guys that just serves as the backup and, and is one of those guys that's kind of forgot about and not talked about as much as some of these other guys out there. So that's one of the reasons why I'm putting him as my best. Okay. What about your breakout player? So my breakout player, I have Bones Highland. I really like Bones Highland originally drafted to the Nuggets last year. Uh, between the Nuggets and uh, the Clippers, averaged 11.8 points per game, 0.7 steals, 3.1 assists, uh, 2.4 rebounds, shot right around 40% from the field, uh, 37.1 from three. Uh, his free throw percentage is right around 85%, so good there. His minutes per game the last two years same have been right around the same, playing right about 19 minutes per game. Uh, when he went to the Clippers, his points per game did go down by two, but his assist and, re- his, uh, assist and rebounds both went up uh, by about one uh, in both of those categories, so a little bit less of a score, but also could be because he was coming off the bench behind Russell Westbrook. Uh, last year, fi- played in 56 games, only started one. Rookie year, played 69 games, started four there. Uh, outside of Westbrook, I mean, I know they have a couple guys they can run at point guard, but I think Bones Highland should be that next one uh, in line. I mean, he's still young. He's not going to be one of the older guys. I know you have uh, Terrence Mann. He's less of a point guard, more of like a uh, shooting guard, small forward. You can run him there. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, Norman Powell, He, I wouldn't say he's more of a true point guard. He did have a good season last year, uh, averaging about 17 points per game. But, again, I wouldn't put him as more of a true point guard. I only average him 1.6 uh assists per game. There isn't many other point guards on roster. And they use bone they use bones like I said, only about nineteen minutes per game. I like to see it being closer to being mixed in there, being closer to like a twenty four to twenty five minutes per game. Uh he'd probably get you more of like a thirteen, fourteen points per game and still give you a good amount of assist and again relieve pressure off other guys because he is a good scorer. Yeah, I got Bones Highland as well. I think there's been a lot of people excited about Bones Highland throughout his young career there obviously started out with Denver and that guy trade over to the Clippers last season. And for Bones Highland, where he's at as far as the depth chart is concerned, he's one of those guys that's going to be in, I think, not necessarily a K for sixth man of the year, but can make a tremendous impact there at the guard position for the, the Clippers this season. A guy that can back up Russell Westbrook or even Paul George um, at the guard position. He's a guy that can do it on both sides of the ball, very fast, very athletic, very mobile. He's 23 years old, 11.8 points per season, 2.4 rebounds and 3.8 assists or one assist last season. I think his field goal percentage could be a little bit better. Shot only 35% from the three-pointer last season, 40.1, but great interior, obviously shooting at times 86, 87% from the stripe. And all in all, he's just got all the tools that he needs to break out this season. I think he's going to make more of an impact for the Clippers than a lot of people are expecting this season. Okay, what about your sleeper? So my sleeper, I have Brandon Boston Jr., uh, still only 20, 21 years old, uh, going to turn 22 in the next couple months. Uh, was drafted by the Clippers uh, last year, 6.5 points per game, uh, only about one assist, 1.4 rebounds. In that time, uh, he only played 11 minutes per game, played only 22, started one, uh, but shot 41.8% uh, from the field, 414 from three. Field goal percentage did, did drop by 50 points, only shooting 70 6.3% compared to his rookie where he shot 81.9. But his field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, both put, took huge jumps 
uh, field goal percentage jumped about 30% there. Field three-point percentage jumped, jumped about uh, 100 points there. Or, yeah, about 100 points there as well. Uh, and he did that in, like I said, three less minutes, almost four less minutes per game. He put up very similar numbers and shot a lot better. Points per game were very similar. He just went out and scored a lot. He plays more of that small forward shooting guard role, so I, he could be in the mix with a Bones Highland playing maybe some of that two if uh, – behind with like a Westbrook at the one or Bones and uh, Brandon both coming off the bench at the same time as like the second unit if they run Norman Powell at the uh, shooting guard. So I think he's going to be part of that uh, younger guys like uh, Bones Highland be able to be that more of younger explosive guys coming off the bench who can still score at a very efficient uh, mark, which seems like a lot of the young guys have been doing. They just don't have the minutes. I'm going to go with a little bit of surprise in Nicholas uh, Batum. He is 34 years old. He obviously is getting way older. I mean, obviously, started his career in Portland in 2008, played for Charlotte for five seasons, his last three seasons for the Clippers. He's been all right. hasn't been, you know, off the charts. For him, he's the guy that's just a good role player. He's the guy that stays healthy, plays in a lot of games, which is huge this season. I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do there. But for Everything that is worth, I think Nicholas Batum is a solid option there. He is currently, I think, going to start maybe the four position. I think he could play the three, not as well and same as the five, but more best suited for the four position. Just he's going to play productive minutes. That's all I can say with Nicholas Batum. And I think a lot of people have kind of just gotten rid of him or have not wanted to really say that he was going to have success because he's getting up there in age. And sure, you can make the argument. But for me, I'm still believing in the Batum hype. And I think that he's going to at least be – a sleeper player, which is exactly why I'm putting him at that position. I think a lot of people aren't going to be giving him credit, but I think he's going to have a good role there, especially with the guys that are surrounding him as far as Westbrook, Leonard, and even George for that matter. So excited to see what Batum's going to be able to do off the, the starting rotation there for the um, the uh, Clippers this season. All right, go ahead and give me your team MVP. So for my team MVP, I'm going to give it to Kawhi. I'm going to hope that he's going to play – 70 plus games hopefully stay healthy and if he does i mean everyone's talked about it. he's a top five player when fully healthy uh he puts up numbers in the postseason he's one of the best postseason players uh out there i mean it seems like he's there every year with san antonio went over to the raptors did it his one season there and then once he came over to the clippers he really hasn't played a whole lot uh, but once he does get in the playoffs he puts up good numbers it's career yeah he, he's still under 20 points per game but rebounds have been right around the same, same with assists, right around six six to seven rebounds, about three assists per game. His shooting percentage on his career is around 50%. Field goal percentage pushing 40%, keeps on going up every year. Field goal free throw percentage, 85%. So he shoots efficient shots. His efficient field goal percentage is right around 55% on his career. I, he's one of the best defenders as well. I mean, on his career, averaging almost two – uh, steals per game, going to block every other game. He's had years where he's averaged basically a steal per game. He an average two, he's averaged 2.3 steals per game, which is a defensive nightmare. You can put on anyone basically through like the one through three, one through four. You basically put Kawhi on them, and he, the other team's number one guy is probably going to have a pretty tough night uh, as a whole. I think that, again, if Kawhi is healthy, he's been talked about as a top five player in the NBA when healthy when he does play. So I think if, again, if he's healthy and plays, that's, that's all it really comes down to. I agree. I'm doing the same boat there. I'm going to go with Kawhi. I think, you know, Kawhi is one of those guys that 
you know, a lot of people are expect to have a good season. And I think he is going to, as long as he's able to stay healthy. And with him, I do believe he is going to be stay healthy or be able to stay healthy at least to a certain extent. And that's something that, you know, the Clippers desperately need. That's what the Clippers are going to be able to have success with. Because Kawhi is the centerpiece for that Clippers team as a whole. And that's something that's huge for them. Again, if they want to have any chance of having success, in my opinion, moving forward. For me as well, I'm curious to see, you know, what they're going to be able to do with Kawhi as far as longevity is concerned. You know, obviously getting a little bit up there in age. How is he going to compete with some of the rest of the guys here? Is he going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to compete to a certain extent? Or is he going to be one of those guys that falls through the cracks? I don't know. Time will time will really will really tell. But for me, I think more than anything, Kawhi is the best player on the court, particularly when healthy. And I'm hoping, hoping that he's able to stay healthy this season. I have a good feeling about it, but I don't want to jinx it. Okay, key draft picks as well as off-season moves. So for my key draft picks, the first one I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kobe Brown. I mean, we know it last time uh, there was a player named Kobe in Los Angeles, how that career ended up. Uh, but Kobe Brown as a forward uh, out of Missouri uh, was, was all SEC uh, in 2021-2022. Last year averaged 15.8 points per game, 6.4 rebounds. 2.5 assists, shot 55.3% from the field, 45.5% from three, basically 80% from the three. I like how his efficiency field goal percentage was at 62.5. Uh, just overall, pretty solid career defensively, average uh, over a steal per game basically every season. Uh, blocks per game has been right around a half. He did average a season where he averaged 0.8, so almost a block a game there. Defensively, uh, he does he does have some fouls on the defensive side, averaging about three fouls per game. There, uh, turnovers right under two per game. Uh, was a four-year starter uh, for Missouri when he was there. I don't know how much playing time he's going. It's going to be hard for him to get playing time. Again, it's going to be hard for a lot of guys to get playing time on this team. Uh, when it all comes down to uh, PG and Kawhi being able to come in and actually be able to play games at this point in their career. Uh, games they will play, if they play more than 60, 70, uh, it's going to be hard for really any of them to. And the next one, I'm going to go Jordan Miller, 6'6 guard. Uh, originally went to George Mason uh, last year. Last two years, it was with Florida. Last year, averaged 15.3 points per game, 6.2 uh, rebounds, 2.7 assists, 54.5% from the field from the field 35.2 for three uh 78 from free throw 58.5 for efficiency uh as a whole he's an older guy also he spent three years at george mason's years at florida so he had a COVID year there played five years uh defensively he's also been solid averaging just over uh, a steal game uh two years ago with junior average almost two steals per game blocks per game is right around a half block per game turnovers are down or sorry, turnovers are right around uh, are down at right around one and a half turnovers per game. So under two, personal fouls are right around two. So it doesn't foul a lot of guys. I, I feel like they've drafted two guys who are very similar to uh, PG and Kawhi guys who don't really turn the ball over, take really efficient efficient shots, but also play very solid defense. So my two guys were Kobe Brown, obviously first rounder guard slash forward from Missouri. He's very versatile. I think with Kobe Brown. He can play, you know, or blossom into playing the one and through four positions, which would be huge for the Clippers as a whole. He has a great drive tendency. He's also has tremendous strength down low, which is going to be huge for them. Kind of reminds me of a Russell Westbrook in that matter as far as having good 
overall ability to have success driving in the paint and dish out as well because he has good playmaking. He is known for getting shooters open, and that's going to be huge for the Clippers. He can improve his defense and three-point shooting at least to get some more consistent play, but coming out of the draft, and this is a guy that's a good prospect guy and a good prodigy for the future. I think he'll be good in four to five years down the line. Biggest question mark is where, what roles can he fill in this season that's going to best help the Clippers moving forward? Now they're going to be important roles to help them maybe win a championship. And then Jordan Miller, guard for Miami of Florida, tremendous shooter. Last season, March Madness, I believe he scored 27 points that elite eight game. Um, he went 7-7 from the field. High motor skills, good IQ. Again, a lot of things that you want there. He needs more effort and hustle, and that's something that in the NBA, you don't really need hustle if you're a star. But when you're a young rookie, you know, like Jordan Miller, I think that's going to kind of get him um, in trouble, you know, some off-the-field issues and just – being able or off the court, I should say, and just being able to show hustle and show energy is going to be one of those things, you know, coach decision bench or something like that. I think, you know, this season more than anything, he'll probably, probably spend more time in the G League with his two-way contract, but he really can come up and uh, be successful for them as well, um, you know, at some points during the season with his two-way. And then obviously not really any off-season moves. Uh, the only free agent they did lose was Eric Gordon, the veteran shooter there. Yeah. All right, go ahead and give me your two keys to success. So my two key success, uh, I put no more load management with a lot of exclamation points. I mean, that's going to be the big thing. They're going to have their guys play. They're going to have Kawhi play. They're going to have PG play. That's going to be the biggest successful move that they're going to have. Granted, yeah, they've had injuries, so like that has been a thing. But once they've come back from injuries and played, they've limited them a lot. So load management is going to be a big thing. Once they uh, then sent or they. Uh, decentivize being able to have load management. Uh, I think it's more of a draft pick thing, actually, not more of a anything else uh, towards load management. They're gonna see like how how many games Kawhi and PG played, and kind of like that's gonna also like determine where the draft where their draft position is gonna be if they have a uh, top pick like that. But that and also just also goes right into stay healthy. I mean. Kawhi's been injured uh, the last few years. PG's had that big injury. And like as you said early on, he hasn't seemed like he's been the same guy since that injury. I mean, it's a it was a brutal injury. I mean, it was gross to watch the replays. It seemed like the replays were everywhere on that injury. Uh, but that one, Kawhi's injury he's had the last couple of years, it's just stay healthy. And if they are healthy, play them as much as possible because that's what's going to win you games this season. Yeah, my biggest thing I said was stay healthy. I think you can make the case for every team, but really with the Clippers, because of the stars that they do have, I think staying healthy is going to be huge for them. Obviously, with guys like, you know, Russell Westbrook, um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, staying healthy is going to be huge. And then finally, Russell Westbrook returned to his MVP self. There's obviously been a lot of criticism with Russell Westbrook, and respectively so, but he is an MVP. So go back to his MVP self and put his team in the best position to win and, and do what he does best. And that's helping, you know, get the team involved and all that stuff. And he's able to do that. I think the Clippers are in a good position. Okay, your standings prediction. So standings prediction, I have him finishing uh, eighth this year. I think that it's going to be hard to get into the playoff spot, especially if Kawhi and PG they haven't played a lot of games. They aren't really conditioned for a full season. Uh, it's been a while since they've really played a full season. It's gonna be hard for that. Also, the West is loaded. I mean, your your top three is gonna top four is probably gonna be somewhere around like 
Suns, Nuggets, uh, Warriors, Lakers, Kings, Mavs are all probably going to make the playoffs. Like, there's a very good chance those are the teams. And it's really going to come down to those last teams, uh, like the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Thunder. Like, guys, teams that are, like, super close to making the playoffs, like, a for sure playoff spot. And then, like, just right there at the play on play, sorry, play in game, uh, being able to do that. I know the Grizzlies. They don't have Jaw for like the first 25 games, but honestly, they played really good without Jaw. So there's a chance that like, once Jaw comes back, they could already have a really good record, uh, really good standings in the West at that point. Uh, and then once they get Jaw back, I mean, that's just going to be a big part, a big help to the lineup. But also with the Clippers, it's going to come down to how much Paul George and Kawhi play uh, in the season, but also how how much like the rest of the team is able to help out to get those wins, if they're able to play like how they did at the end of last season, where they were playing better basketball compared to the beginning of the season. I'm going to go on the general scope of you. I'm going to go with seventh. I think they do finish inside the top seven. I mean, this is a team that can finish top three, if we're going to be quite honest. They have three of the best players in all of the NBA. How are they going to improve that? That was going to be the biggest question mark there. But for me, I'm going to have them finishing seventh. I think whether they stay healthy or not, you know, they haven't really played with each other. And so – there is a big chemistry factor to that. And maybe to start the season, they start off a bit. It knows. But for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with seventh. I think that's an appropriate place to put them. I think it's like right in the middle there, obviously. But more than anything, I think this is a, a safe spot. I don't think they can get any worse than seventh unless the injuries continue to pile up and obviously um, have more issues with that. But this big three that they do have is, is generally a really good big three. And that's something that can extremely – extremely helped them, you know, in the postseason moving forward. So really excited to see how this team is going to coincide with one another, hopefully this season. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information to value. Make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram at also TikTok at the.tt.truth. Live highlights from our Instagram lives will be posted on there on both sites there as we continue to expand here on the truth. And if you guys want to take a look at the other nine episodes of On the Court, feel free to go do that as well. Tomorrow we will kick off the Pacers division with the Indiana Indiana Pacers. Very interesting team as well. Hope you guys do join us for that. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen. Join us again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.